Hey everyone, welcome to the Single Player Experience Podcast, the perfect podcast for single player gamers to learn about good single player games to play, and also some other dope people who are creating those single player games. Joining me today is the magnificent creator behind one of my most anticipated games coming out of PAX East. I, I got hands on with this. I actually got to speak a little bit to some of the team around PAX East time. And, you know, I had a pretty good impression coming out of it. So good, in fact, that I had to have them on the show to do an exclusive episode about this game. So joining me today is the one, the only, Andrew from Act Zero Games. Andrew, how you doing today? Hey, so I'm pretty excited. It's going to be like my first podcast in English ever. So I'm a little bit stressed, but I suppose it's <laughs> going to be fine. Your English is really good. Your English is really good. So Andrew, for people who don't know you, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm a, a writer from Poland. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I graduated from a Watch Film School in a screenwriting department, and for many years I was, uh, uh, I was, my job was like writing for movies and for TV series. I, I work with, uh, with, with, for example, with, with Netflix and in other writers' rooms uh, with the movie industry. But uh, for last like seven, maybe eight years, I've got this idea to start uh, changing the, the, the industry from movie to, to game dev. And uh, the game I made together with uh, Axero team is gonna be our first game. It, it was a super long struggle to make this game uh, even possible to, to develop because oh, it's, it was not a uh, easy topic we choose for the first game. Yeah, yeah, it's... It has a little bit of a political overtone to it, but I think that adds to the intrigue and adds to the realism of this game because, like, you know, there are a lot of things going on in the world, especially here in America, that we don't necessarily understand about, like, the political system in Europe and what's going on over there. So this is kind of like a cool insight to, a like, a very cool perspective of that. So I want to ask you, Andrew, like, you you mentioned your transition from movies um from movies and, and screenwriting to game development and game writing what was that transition like for you so at the beginning it was like 2014 and uh, it was the year when the the game uh, this war of mine uh, has its premiere and it inspired me a lot because this game make me made me realize that games has already matured enough to uh, to speak uh, to tell the ambitious stories mm -hmm. and it's not only about entertainment but also about it's a part of the culture yeah of the high culture so that was the moment when i i decided that i want to be a part in this gaming revolution which uh, i was witnessing and um yeah, and I send the CVs uh, <laughs> to all the major companies in Poland, like CD Projekt Red and other big companies, mm -hmm. and uh, and they didn't want to hire me. So at that moment, because I have no experience in writing for games, I've got I was just freshly graduated from the Wood Film School, mm -hmm. and um, so I I thought that okay, nobody wants me, so 
maybe I will make my own game and I will make my own company to produce my own game. And at that moment, I I didn't know that it would took so much time. <laughs> Develop the skill of, you know, obtaining uh, a budget for a game or uh, running a studio and all the other stuff that which is not connected with writing, but you have to do it if you want to make your game on your own. And uh, yeah, at the beginning, I uh, I started uh, I because I know nothing about game dev at that moment, mm -hmm. so I wanted to to learn from scratch. So I I found a, a very simple job of being a QA tester of uh, uh, Witcher Three. Uh, it's in some other major company, and after like three maybe four months working there, I find some people who also hated this, this job <laughs> and got some uh, higher uh, ambitious and uh, one of them uh, was Maciej Stańczyk he he won he wanted he wanted to be a game designer at that time and now he is one and uh, he's like my business partner right now uh, we founded uh, our company X0 together and we together made made this game yeah but we met like at, at the bottom of the <laughs> uh like as a as a as a testers yeah of the, the super big witcher 3 game that is really cool so you know it it's that kind of like that scrappy underdog story of like you know of people rising and sort of like living trying to live out their dream despite being told no several different times you know like that's really inspirational i want to ask you though um so you were testing out, you know, products like The Witcher 3 and everything like that. And all the while you were trying to create Act Zero games and, you know, and make this really cool, innovative game. Like, what, how'd you feel? Were you tired at the time? I'm like, you had to be doing a whole lot. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm a workaholic a little bit, <laughs> I think. So, uh, I like when the, the scale of the, uh, of the job I or I want to of the of the goal the scale of the goal I want to achieve is, is super big because <laughs> it gives me uh, a opportunity to work it for a long time and not to uh, look for a, a another new uh, goal. Uh, <laughs> for me, depressing are the moments when I uh, finish something and then I have to find some new uh, meaning uh, in my life uh, from scratch and uh, so uh, the scale of the of the project was was okay for me it, it, uh, i like it and uh, uh, yeah of course i was tired during the <laughs> i've got like you know a few mental breakdowns and and stuff like that but that was a part of the process and that was something that makes life interesting <laughs> It really does. The ups and downs kind of come with the territory. You know, I like that. Um, uh, so let's talk about the game itself. Like for the people who haven't heard of We the Refugees, can you introduce, can you talk a little bit about what this game is? Yeah. Uh, so We the Refugees is a, uh, that's going to be my short pitch of the game. Mm -hmm. So We the Refugees is a uh, text-based RPG uh, inspired by uh, real stories of refugees I met in a Moria refugee camp on a Greek island of Lesbos. Uh, the game is uh, 
it's it's a non-linear story rich choose your own adventure kind of uh, a kind of a game uh, with a branching narratives multiple endings and uh, a lot of and i mean really a lot there are literally thousands of dialogue choices in in, in this game mm-hmm. and the script is super massive it's like 300,000 words and for example for to compare to compare the Witcher 3 is like 450,000 words so we are like 60 maybe 70% of the Witcher 3 script and uh, single playthrough takes about 10 hours in the game but i think that there is enough content to for about 40 maybe maybe 35 maybe 40 hours uh, of content so you can play like three four maybe even five times uh, the game and you can still find some new roads some this uh, meet some new npcs and and uh, explore the places and locations you uh, didn't realize are that are even in the game that is amazing. Sounds like a lot of replay value there. I really want to. Add... So. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like you're going to be reading a lot in this game. And I love that. It's very narrative heavy and you can oh, kind of yeah. see. Yeah, you can kind of see the inspiration with you as um, your writing background really coming into play with the the narrative focus of this game. And I admire that. I want to ask you, though, like you mentioned that like this game was heavily inspired by um the refugees like the the real life stories out there what was it like finding out about those stories and how did you find out about this yeah so um, it was about 2014 when i read about when i read one article in news about people who are drowning in the mediterranean sea while trying to get to europe uh, on a smuggling uh, smugglers boats and uh, it haunted me like for months this image and uh, and i i don't know because in my country in poland there is a big anti-refugee policy and i mean only refugees from uh, different uh, cultures like from africa or middle east uh, because for example refugees from ukraine uh, we are very friendly to them and we opened our homes to them and there were like a million of refugees from 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 ukraine and, and poland after the war with with russia mm-hmm. and uh, yeah but in the case of the refugees from middle east and africa the society was very hostile towards them and they didn't want to uh, to open their their houses for them and they didn't want even like 5000 or 10000 of people to from these countries to to came to Poland and it also made me feel a little bit ashamed because i didn't understand that why what's so wrong with those people for for my, for people in in my country so i've got this this feeling of being ashamed a little bit of, for of my country and and this was one of the reasons that i thought that okay so nobody wants these people here in my country but i want to understand them more and maybe to raise awareness about them and i've also got this feeling that if i wouldn't uh, start to work on this subject then probably in my country nobody or very few people will uh, yeah will try to explore 
deeper the the subject of refugees so that was at the beginning and uh, yeah at the beginning i was like reading a lot i was re reading like 30 maybe 40 uh, non-fiction books about uh, refugees about north africa middle east and and stuff like that and uh, it took me about maybe two maybe three years uh, of, of research but of course i was not only reading i was also <laughs> uh working somewhere and uh, and uh, having my normal life and and stuff like that but uh, yeah after this three maybe two maybe three years uh we've got like 600 pages of script of the first version of the of the game and we made a prototype of the game based on the script and with this prototype, um, we went to the Moria refugee camp on a Greek island of, of Lesbos on an invitation from the HOPE project. There are a group of uh, volunteers who were uh, helping refugees for many years there. And uh, they, they were our hosts and guides through the, uh, to the refugee camp and uh, we met a lot of refugees there and we showed them the prototype of the uh, uh, of the game and we also uh, discussed with them our ideas for the game and they give us feedback which was uh, very uh, sympathetic but also devastating yeah uh, because yeah i realized we realized then that uh, this first version of the game was basically based more mostly on our imaginations and on ter theoretical knowledge and in this first version of the game uh, you played as a, one of the refugees who were uh, trying to get to europe on a on a smuggling boat mm -hmm. but uh, i realized after this meeting with real refugees that even if I read for like, I don't know, 100 books about refugees and made a conduct uh, uh, dozens of, of interviews with them, I wouldn't be able to to tell the story from the POV of the refugee. Because, yeah, for sure. Because I was, even when I was talking with them, I was all, I was on the, in the position of a journalist or a researcher. Yeah or somebody who is from a different uh, culture. Perspective, yeah, it's all, you were on the outside looking in, so to speak. Yeah, so I wouldn't be able to, you know, like write a di dialogue between two refugees alone mm -hmm. on the boat, yeah, because yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it. So that was the moment when I realized that I have to change the assumptions of the game. And we decided that in the final version of the game, you play as a journalist who is making a research about about refugees and uh, it I, I thought that it would be a little bit more honest way to tell mm -hmm. the story because i wouldn't be trying to uh, to say that i can tell something in the name of the refugees because i couldn't and uh, yeah it's, but i i can tell a lot how is it to uh, research the subject of the refugees for many years and then to confront your theoretical knowledge with the real refugees and meet them in person so this whole trip uh, this whole journey to moria refugee camp became like the foundation for the uh, main uh, and the final version of the game that's amazing um so 
just for people on the outside looking in who might not know about like the incidents leading up to the refugees the refugees exodus to greek like can you can you kind of like give us a, a little bit of a history lesson so to speak on why they were why they were actually refugees in greek to begin yeah, with sure. uh this uh, so-called crisis uh because i don't li li like the phrase refugee crisis but mm -hmm. it got like a negative uh, connotations with the board refugee but uh, the so-called crisis uh, started mainly after the Syrian uh, civil war and uh, there was a moment when a lot of people uh, because of the war have to flee their country because it was a war zone and uh, uh, yeah I would say that Syrian civil war was like the main reason but also there was there were a lot of you know like economical climate reasons political reasons in other countries than Syria in North Africa uh, there was a you know in Libya there was a a big problem with uh, uh, Gaddafi. Uh, there was uh, uh, a, a lot of people were also pr prosecuted uh, uh, or harassed in their countries because of their beliefs or they uh, because I don't know maybe some were homosexuals and they uh, because of some religion uh, oppression uh, there they. Uh, have to flee from the country there was a lot of reason this is a super complex topic and yeah uh, yeah and one one of, one of the reasons i uh, i made this game was to uh, to research it a lot and then to uh, to present the conclusions uh, in a game mm -hmm. So this game, like, you know, it's like I, I read those like 30, 40 books uh, mm -hmm. during research and then I uh, summarize the knowledge so you can as a player uh, learn in a, like 10 hours playthrough what I was <laughs> learning in like a few years. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So when we play We the Refugees, we're going to kind of get that ingrained lesson on why a lot of these refugees are actually like um uh, why there's a big exodus to greek and into yeah. other places like that it's so it's also informative as well as like a fun play a fun playthrough of like this yeah, big yeah. rpg mm -hmm. it's gonna be uh, informative but one of my main uh, assumptions was that we don't want to force player to force players to be educated yeah and uh, that was that's why this in this game you could play in a very different way. So you can be like a very uh, you can f feel a lot of empathy towards refugees, but mm -hmm. you can also play in the way of a some kind of a cynical uh, guy who is uh, just making his job, and uh, he this job is is an opportunity for him to make his career over the tragedy and the suffering of refugees. You can you can play that way if you want, uh, because uh, the game also explores a lot of uh, themes connected with uh, ethics in the work of a journalist. Like, mm -hmm. uh, what is more important? If, is is it more important to write a good book, which will raise awareness of a lot of people, but you have to choose like some uh, personal information from private information from somebody who directly told you that 
he didn't or she didn't want to you to use this information in your book but mm -hmm. and now it's, it's 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 you know it's liquid yeah it's <laughs> i like the term it's liquid it is like that that's a cool dynamic to have like the i guess you could say the morality choices of having yeah. something that is so personal um whereas like they're they might be given information that's strictly off the record so to speak but they still use that information to further their own careers i like that because it adds a human human element to it because i'm like there are some people who are super opportunistic and there's also some people who are very much more on the compassionate side of things so i think that is a realistic lens into the human condition there um yeah and you know actually uh actually it was also one of the dile dilemmas we were uh, facing during making this game because uh, you know there was a lot of people who uh were uh, commenting our work in a way that you know we are using the suffering and trauma of of of, uh, of refugees uh, in order to make uh, in order to make a game and mm -hmm. make profit out of out of it so uh, it was a big subject during the uh, development of this game and uh, we were thinking a lot about it and you know at, at the in the end we are uh, my argument is all, all, all is always that uh, it's not going to be a commercial success probably <laughs> because this is a niche uh, genre and uh, quite a niche subject. So if I wanted to make money uh, out of this game, then I would uh, make a different game probably. Probably completely different game. This is a very niche subject, like you said, and one that you know like you said it's going to appeal to a very specific type of gamer um versus like a game like you mentioned the witcher which is kind of more of a broad more of a broad audience focus there but you know like we the refugees um especially like this comes out may the first uh, may the first 2023 so what are you gonna do to celebrate after this game is out um we are planning some kind of a, a company party <laughs> and, uh, and uh, we want to invite everyone who are involved in the in the process of, uh, of making this game and even that the game is rather minimalistic and and and, and not very big one but uh, it took so much time that there was so much people involved in the in the process during all these years that the party gonna be like i think quite big one. Oh, that's nice that is nice uh what what's gonna be the main dishes at this party oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be i probably uh because the, on the 1st of May, the, the game will have a premiere. So I think that at the beginning of the May, we will start to think about uh, uh, preparations for, for this party. That but makes now sense. the main focus for us is like, you know, there's a, this premiere coming and we are uh, fixing bugs and, uh, and some little typos and uh, making this whole marketing effort together with publishers. So this is where our main focus is right now. I understand completely. So let's do, let's go to that, Mark. Uh, let's go back to sort of your main focus here. Like the game's coming up really soon. Um, how how are you feeling about it? How how are you? You excited? Yeah, or is it more like I got so much work to do right now? Oh, it's surreal. It's mm -hmm. completely surreal because uh, 
there was so much moments during this process when I thought that uh, we never gonna finish this game. <laughs> that I don't know. This is a new situation for me. That mm -hmm. it's gonna, the, the end is so near and the shore is in the side and uh, I don't know. I don't know what to feel actually. <laughs> I started to think about another game <laughs> because, as I said, I'm a workaholic and I'm I'm pretty scared of this moment when uh, something is uh, finished. I understand. You you like almost like you gotten used to the storm, so like hearing yeah. the quiet after the storm, it almost feels all scary. It almost feels different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I understand. I understand. So. We the refugees, like you gave us the inspiration behind it. You gave us like the time estimate of how long it took you to kind of reach this long mile milestone. I want to ask you though, th this game is very dialogue heavy as well, right? Like yes. how long did it take to actually record all those lines of dialogue? Uh, 20 months of constant writing, like six days uh, a day uh, with, with, it was during a COVID lockdown. Mm -hmm. And uh, I moved from the city uh, to the countryside for like two years, and it took me, yeah, twenty months of uh, writing it like eight to ten hours a day, and uh, six six days a week, uh, and I I super loved that time. It was like my dream come true. Uh, I bet, I bet that was you just got in the zone as a writer at that time. I bet. Yeah, yeah, and you know it was like. I made this company uh, for that moment, yeah, mm -hmm. because I wanted to tell a story and nobody wants uh, to produce my story. And now I I get what I wanted, yeah. <laughs> and, and and it was nice. But my fiance, she was not so super uh, uh, happy about <laughs> that because, you know, uh, we moved to the countryside and it was like for her like a dream come true because you can be together with your fiance uh, like seven, uh, 24 7 uh, uh, but I was like in a mode of obsession with <laughs> this and she was like oh my god you are not even uh, present like mm -hmm. uh, in the terms of your mind here and uh, I don't even have my friends here because they are all in the city. And what 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 should I do now? And, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. But it's, then we move back to the city. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing. That's amazing. So I gotta ask you, like, this game's coming out for um, on PC first, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have you tried it on the Steam Deck yet? Uh, not yet, uh, okay. but we are thinking about it. Uh, at the beginning, there's gonna be uh, only a version on a PC, on a Steam, and on GOG. Uh, uh, but uh, we get some tests with mobile versions, and it's possible uh, to make them. And yeah, but we are, we are going to make a decision about other platforms after the premiere and after receiving feedback to this to this game because. Uh, if nobody will play it, then there's no reason to make a mob another uh, version, porting it to another uh, platform. I understand. I understand. So this game has a lot of different voice dialogues. It has um, it has a lot of different narrations. What's the sound like in this game? What's the soundtrack oh, like? The sound is uh, it's 19 minutes of original soundtrack, which. Uh, 
uh, a music composer uh, called Sandrax, uh, composed especially for, for this game. Uh, he was making, before that, he was making mostly uh, electronic ambient uh, music, mm-hmm. but uh, for, for this project, he uh, it was quite interesting for him because uh, he he explored a lot of uh, themes from the Arabic culture, African culture, and put them into his uh, his ambient electronic uh, um, style. Mm-hmm. And um, but you can still hear that this is the interpretation of the some some kind of a Europe. European musician who is exploring these themes. This is not an original uh, African on, on Ara- Arabic music, but this is like a Arabic uh, African uh, sounds from the POV of the European uh, musician. And this is actually coherent with the with the the theme game. of the game. Yeah. So yeah. I was just about to mention that it's like. It's uh, you have so many elements to where it's like a it it just magnifies that overall theme of like this isn't a tale from the perspective of a refugee. It's a tale of the perspective of an outsider who wants to highlight a story, highlight what's going on here, highlight a bigger issue. And the music is another reflection of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. I like that theme. So first game coming out May 1st. We the refugees. You have a. You've been on this project for a very long time. I gotta ask you though, what was the biggest moment of like of celebration during the development process? That moment to where you were like, yes, this is this is making it. This is I'm gonna see this through. Uh, I think the moment when we obtain a budget for the for the game, mm-hmm. uh, because before it was in 2020, and before that it was. Uh, it was we, we struggle a lot to make it without a budget and uh, I was a little bit naive and I thought that it would be possible to finish it but uh, it turns out that it was not possible and uh, uh, and we struggled a lot a lot a lot of times and there was a moment when when I thought that okay so if we didn't get get a budget for it then we have to uh, bury this this project because it's it's going to consume a ma- more and more more time and energy and at the end it's going to be like uh, super his- if, even if we finish it it's going to be like a super historical uh, game uh, <laughs> about something which happens like 50 years ago and uh, that was not our aim because we want to tell something about the modern times and uh, yeah but when we received the budget it was as i said 2020 uh, it was like yeah that was the biggest celebration moment because this was the moment when i realized that all the efforts we take uh, during the previous years was not wasted and uh, and it and and i realized that this game is really going to to be finished some someday i love that i love that so um, one last thing i want to ask you about like details about the game is the art style this yeah. feels like so when i got hands-on with it at pax and then you know if you look at the trailer you can kind of see that it has 
these illustrations that kind of feel like almost like a magazine illustrations kind of like but also kind of like comic book style always um like yeah. in the way it's cell shaded in a way but like what was it like with creating the art style for this game yeah actually we we decided we want to do it in a some kind of a comic style uh art uh quite early in the process of development because it was our intuition that there is uh, so much trauma and suffering uh, connected with the subject of refugees and uh, that we thought that uh, we have to contrast it uh, with, with something bright and something uh, with this uh, with full of colors like a comic uh, art style and that at that moment it was only an intuition but it turns out that it was a good intuition because when we came to the Moria refugee camp and I also was expecting that there would be like a lot of traumatizing things and it would be like a very gloomy experience in, in, in an existential way for me uh, but it turns out that uh, you know most of the people who are there are thousands of people and everyone in the refugee camp they got they, they got some tr kind of trauma because, mm -hmm. you know, they are fleeing from a country with a reason, yeah? And uh, and it turns out that uh, most of the people I met there, they are, they, they don't want, to, they, they, they can talk about their trauma and stuff like that, but it's rather like, okay, let me tell you, my trauma is this and this and this, and then 15 minutes later, uh, he, he he or she was eager to have some small talk about uh, normal things like you know like uh, uh like you know to, to discuss the sports like a champions league uh, in in football or or uh, or to to have a discussion about some tv series uh, they watch and stuff like that. and uh, and and there was a lot of laugh laugh and uh, and and joy in these people and they and they really want to celebrate these moments to of meeting a new new person and uh, and uh, yeah and and i think that this art style this comic art style uh, also tells the story that uh, your expectation is that the game about refugees would be like very gloomy thing, very dark thing, but uh, we've got a art style which is very full of colors and 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 bright, and uh, it also tells this story. I think it does. It, it has a. It almost highlights that theme of hope, hope in darkness. You know, and I, I, I love that. It has like a like i said that hope and darkness kind of theme and i like the way like it's illustrated and the way like it's presented because like there are there are like dark moments where you can see the shadows and you see like the shadows around like different things and i think that is almost like almost highlighting that condition that that they that they're in but like you all also see like moments of brightness and joy and almost like a, a contrast of like pops of color that kind of give you like that feeling that everything might be dark now but it's leading towards that light moment and yeah. i i kind of i love that kind of theme in games and i love that deeper meaning that you have in the art style here so i wanted to shout you out for that because that is a really cool aspect that i think a lot of people are probably going to miss out on when they play the game but 
Before we go, though, I, and you give your last pitch on why on who we are, uh, we the refugees are for. I really want to ask you one question, and this is a major question here: Are you ready? Because I'm going to ask you a series of fun pop culture questions, just okay. so the audience can kind of feel you out a little bit. We want to get to know you a- as a person a little bit more. So, here we go. All right. So, are you a big pizza fan? uh yeah i like not a big fan but i like it okay uh, well okay what yeah. what's what's your favorite topping on pizza uh i like uh simple margarita but with olive oil good olive oil on a simple minimalistic pizza i like that i like that all right so are you a fan of football like as in soccer oh actually uh this is my guilty pleasure uh-huh and uh, yeah, and uh, I'm watching uh, football during these national competitions every two years, like during Euro and mm-hmm. World Cup. And uh, maybe not the I'm not a, uh, a big fan of the uh, club uh, competition, mm-hmm. but on the national level, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm also betting a little bit. I like that. I like that. So I, I take it you, you're um, rooting for your national team over there. Yeah, but it is very tragic, Laura. <laughs> it's very, very much full of lows right now, huh? You know, the, the Nash, Polish national team is full of talents which are wasted. It's like, <laughs> it, it's like you have like a player who are nine out of ten, eight out of ten, and when you s- sum up all the talents, it's like two out of ten, which is like a <laughs> super stupid and absurd and paradoxical equation. But mm-hmm. this is how the national team of Poland works. Man, that's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. So what? So you were a writer for a very long time. Ha, were you an active gamer during that time frame as well? What, do you play a yeah, lot of video yeah, games? Yeah. Uh, I was a gamer like... Uh, from childhood and uh, yeah and i play a lot of games but i would say that the first game that uh, that really changed my my life was uh, heroes of might and magic 3. Okay. i was a part of the community in poland uh, and every year we met for like seven days in some uh, in some little town in poland and we play the tournaments of the Heroes of Might and Magic and uh, discuss the abilities and stuff like that. And it, and I was there like for 10 years in a row. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was a big part of my life and I made a lot of friends there. Some of them are still my best friends. And yeah. And then amazing. there was, there was a, uh, a, a, there were, I got a lot of love to the, uh, or maybe a lot of addiction to the games from uh, Paradox Studio. I mean, oh. Yeah. Grand strategy games like Hearts of Iron, Europa Universalis, or Stellaris. And- oh, I love Stellaris. Uh-huh. They're so good. It is so yeah. good. So, are you still a pretty big gamer now? Yeah, yeah, but mostly now I'm mostly playing uh, uh, narrative games with uh, mm-hmm. a lot of story and and uh, because I'm I'm pretty afraid of this uh, addictive uh, games with a very addictive gameplay loop like like from Stellaris because mm-hmm. uh, it took so much time it's you know and and the the activity is mostly repetitive yeah so 
I'm afraid of this kind of games. I love them, but uh, I'm I'm trying mostly focus on the games with a with a storyline and and some uh, plot and some story to to discover. Now, so what is your favorite like narrative based games? What's some Space, of the obviously? Which one? Disco Elysium, obviously. Oh, it's so good! It is so good. Yes. It is yes, really yes, I played like three times and uh, actually I would say that it influenced my writing style for the games uh, a little bit or maybe not a little bit uh, <laughs> big, big influence uh, because I love this meta contextual style of this coalition where <clears throat> uh, anything can ha can happen and mm -hmm. uh, there is so it is so rich game with so much uh, choices and and uh, actually the people who play Disco Elysium and try We the Refugees are pretty surprised that the the writing style in the with with a you know serious game about serious subject got this kind of uh, dark humor which is also. Uh, uh in disco elysium yeah it's a trademark of disco elysium for sure for sure so are you more of a pc gamer or are you more of a console gamer uh when it comes to the games uh, which are like uh, text-based games uh, mm -hmm. i'm mostly a pc gamer but uh when you when it comes to aaa games like uh, i like uh, you know red dead redemption or the witcher or dead stranding or the last of us part one and two i'm play i'm playing it only on a playstation because uh, <laughs> the experience is much better yeah i feel you i feel you so I want to ask you though, um, like, let's get to the final pitch of the the game. Who are who should play We the Refugees? What type of gamer? Uh, no, I mean, mostly people who 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 are in, into uh, story rich games, choose your own adventure, uh, RPGs, and uh, and uh, and the games where your choices uh, really matters mm -hmm. uh, and. Uh, I would say that uh, paradoxically, uh, Disco Elysium players uh, would like this game uh, because of the writing style and because of the protagonist in this game, who is like a you know a wannabe journalist, but he's not like a uh, expert uh, on the on the matter, uh, mm -hmm. not like a a war correspondent who was like for the last. 15 years living in a war zone and, and is uh, feeding on uh, adrenaline. Uh, it's the, 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 the protagonist here is like a normal guy who is like 30 years old and he knows something about refugees and made some kind of a little research, but it's gonna be his first time when he's confronting the subject uh, uh, face to face. Mm -hmm. and uh, meet refugees face to face and uh, and he he's not a, a professional in in a uh, with, he don't he doesn't know the professional uh, journalistic uh, uh, tools uh, that mm -hmm. could be used and he's like like a, a little bit child in a fog uh, yeah trying to discover how to uh, not only make a research about refugees, but how to even do this kind of a journalistic job. That's really cool. That's really intriguing. So 
everyone if you like narrative based games if you like games with a rich storyline if you like games like disco elysium you should definitely check out we the refugees it is coming to steam on may the 1st it's coming to gog pc everywhere pc on may the 1st this it's been andrew i've been sebastian you should definitely go check this game out it's absolutely incredible i got to go hands-on with it at pax i can attest you're going to love it especially if you're a story-centric gamer who really loves like really strong narratives so in the meanwhile andrew before we go where can the good people find you uh people can find me uh in poland at the address <laughs> no no okay uh <laughs> Uh, I'm. Uh, you can find me on the Twitter. We've got like a Twitter Act Zero Games, or on Facebook also Act Zero Games, and we've got. Uh, we are posting a lot of also on on Reddit, uh, and on Steam. Obviously, you can find us uh, on a We the Refugees Ticket to Europe uh, Steam page. Yeah, of course. Everyone, all those links will be in the description of this episode. So all you have to do is just listen to the episode, go down in the description, click on that, hit the wishlist button because our pre-order button, because this is coming out really soon. Um, I think time of recording, this is like for like, this is April 7th. So this was less than a month away. Andrew, you got a lot of work to do, so I'm not going to hold you too much longer. You got to go fix some bugs. You got to go do a lot some final testing and you got to go figure out how y'all are going to celebrate because I know the party is going to be fun, but in the meanwhile, I want to thank you so much for being on the episode. It was really fun having you. It was really fun talking about We the Refugees, and I can't wait for more people to get hands-on with the game. Thank you so much for being on the show, Andrew. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, I I have to go to feed my cat, and <laughs> this is also one of my duties right now. And yeah, and thank you for the invitation. It was super, super nice to, to meet you. And uh, as I said, it was like my first podcast in uh, uh, in English. So uh, I will always remember that. <laughs> you did very well. You did very well. Your English is very good, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so everyone, I've been Sebastian. That's been Andrew. And until next time, peace. Stay gaming and see you on the next one. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. So that's a wrap for today's episode. I want to give a special shout out and thank you to Andrew from Act Zero Games for joining me on the show today. I also want to let you know about the Single Player Experience Discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description. Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good games you've been playing, or give your feedback on the show. If you have a game that you think should be recommended or that you think I should talk about, let me know in the Single Player Experience Discord server. I'll see you there. Before we go, I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace!